Awesome. I am apparently humble, but I am also very qualified. <laughs> very qualified to speak to you tonight. It was a wonderful winter day in 2018 that I gave my brother a subscription to an app called YNAB. It's called You Need a Budget. And he had no idea what to do with it, but I was a master. And so <laughs> what I did was I walked him through the details of how to set up a budget as best as I could uh, with shouting matches back and forth, something to the effect of, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and he'd be like, just listen. <laughs> um, but uh, 15 young men later, I have worked with countless young men, including J.P. Bagul, sitting in his, these very seats, just working to, to set up different budgets. And so uh, I am budding, but I'm still a, a begging uh, analyst. And so uh, on my website, obviously, you're going to see a big boost in 2023, because I've helped about 15 people so far, but I'm trying to count. It's like, this is at least tripling my, my data, you know what I mean? Like my consumer report is gonna be off the charts and everybody's gonna love the annual report that comes out next fall. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, to the moon, take it to the moon. Tim to the moon. <laughs> Buying Tim stuff. Okay, so, so that, that aside, I wanna start with uh, some scripture. So it's a bit difficult. I, I think I can get away with this. It's a tad bit awkward. Okay, so I want to start with Leviticus 27, 30, 30, and 32. Do not look at 31. It's absolutely irrelevant. Yeah, Leviticus 27, 30, and 32. Remember, 31 is not of interest. It says, all tithes of the land whether in grain from the fields or in fruit from the trees belong to the Lord, they are sacred to the Lord. The tithes of the herd and the flock, every tenth animal that passes under the herdsman rod shall be sacred to the Lord. Okay, and then I want to jump to 2 Corinthians 9. So this is 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each must do as already determined without sadness or compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, so I want to tell a little story about my friend Ben. My friend Ben was four years old once, as we all once were, and he had a best friend who did not invite him to his birthday party. Oh! Well, Ben told mom, mom told Buddy's mom, Buddy's mom told Buddy, Buddy invited Ben to the birthday party. Wow, that seems like reconciliation, right? <laughs> okay, but then upon being invited, four-year-old Ben goes, I don't want to be invited. I just want to know that you thought about me. First time I heard that, I, I teared up a little bit. Okay, but I think I want to say that on this topic of stewardship, on this topic of our finances, um, God doesn't necessarily feel like it's most important to be invited, he just wants to know that you thought about him. Uh, when you're like handling the situations day to day, he just wants to know that you're bringing him into this uh, with, with your spreadsheets. Okay, so um, there's spectrums. 
there's tensions that we're going to experience, and uh, we're going to be inclined in different directions, some more extremely than others. And I want to talk about two in particular. So one is um, someone probably more like myself who might be like a hyper-orderly kind of person. And so that's someone who uh, will be in the checkout line at Chipotle, will take out his phone, will categorize the transaction and make sure you know the money's there for the purchase. And then there's other people who are like out of sight, out of mind, like I'll look at my budget next year <laughs> and we'll figure it out along the way. Um, okay, so that's the first tension. We'll spend a good deal of time talking about that. And then the second tension is uh, whether we're um, somewhat controlling of our time or whether, uh, or sorry, whether we're somewhat controlling of our budget or whether we're kind of reckless about it. And so I think the Lord has like a word for you wherever you are on that spectrum. But it is a little touchy because if you're naturally right, if you're controlling, the last thing you need to hear is like, take hold of your finances. <laughs> and then if you're reckless, the last thing you need to do is hear like, God loves a cheerful giver because you're just going to be like, give it all away. <laughs> It's not mine at all. Like, I'm be gone, all of it. <laughs> okay, so um, to start, I want to uh, outline the goal, right? So the goal is that we're um, generous. I want to explain a little bit about what it means to steward. And then we want to talk about tithing for a little bit. So we're going to start with stewardship. We're going to move to tithing and then end with generosity. Okay, so for... Uh, a conversation on stewardship, we want to open to Mark 10. Okay, so this is a story most of us probably know, but he says it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And then it says that he went away sad for he had many possessions, speaking of the rich young man. And so, um, yeah, so, so stewardship, right, the, the two sides that we're speaking to, right, the first is like, um, if we're probably like a, a bit more controlled about these things, a bit more measured, then I think God wants to say something to the effect of like, it should hurt. Um, but if you're someone who's reckless, right, it's not meant to be resentful. It's meant to be joyful. And so that's part of that 2 Corinthians passage, that God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, and so we want to like stay on that spectrum between Leviticus 27 and 2 Corinthians because if we're just going, like in some sense, tithing is objectively created. Like tithe comes from the Hebrew word meaning tenth, and it means a tenth of your income. So it's like objectively created. But in, in another sense, right, like God loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't want to like coerce you into making decisions um, for the sake of, uh, you know, meeting his KPIs. He's not worried about whether your parish has the funds to, to um, stay open. Like he's uh, the God of the universe. He, he's not in any material need. <laughs> So, so he just wants to know that you thought about him. Okay, so it should hurt. I have a little story about um, generosity in this situation. So I consider myself like a relatively 
generous person. However, with my food, I am just like an absolute hawk. Like, <laughs> there's just no chance, right? So when I'm talking about like how it should hurt, it's something to the effect of like, you know how Cane's only gives you like three chicken fingers? <laughs> So you go back and you maybe like go to Cane's and then I come back to household. I lived at Fort Zion for a year and then Bethlehem for a year. And um, you bring it back and then like your brother comes in, right? And you just got Cane's, you got your little three finger combo. And then you're like, what are you looking at? <laughs> right, like part of it is it should hurt, right? Giving up one of those three chicken fingers, like I'd rather you cut my wrist off. <laughs> Or like, you know that awkward moment in the household where you're like making food and then another person comes around and you're just like, I want like anything but for you to be here while I have, <laughs> like if, if I was like 10 bites in, this wouldn't even be a conversation. And so like part of it is like that feeling, right? That, that's like what I want to register with is like that experience of like, oh man, that's guttural. That's like in your bones. Okay, but then also it should be joyful. I remember um, on a, a probably a more serious note, uh, one of my friends was uh, discerning religious life and was deciding between like uh, whether he was going to pursue the path of marriage or whether he was going to be a religious brother. And this is where it gets kind of tricky, right? Because uh, God wants to form our conscience and he wants to give us desires, right? And so part of... Uh, the generosity of stewardship, part of it being all of God's money, and then him just giving it to you, is this um, like sense of uh, cooperation, of participation. And so he's participating in this with you, and he's going to, if you're listening to him, form your desire. Okay, so uh, like this, this young man was like uh, on a silent retreat with me and probably 22 other guys, and I see him like on the edge of a like dock, and then out of nowhere on this silent retreat, he just like throws like a tiger at like the 08 Masters, like a fist pump that came from like nowhere, right? He's just like, whoo, <laughs> and like I had to wait three days for the answer to that question, <laughs> but it was like the first sense that he got that he was invited into religious life, and so. Uh, something that like could have felt like a burden, like, hey, I need you to like do me a solid. I need like our church to be preserved. I need you to live this celibate life. I need you to be this prophetic witness. Went to an invitation that was like accompanied with joy, and it wasn't an emotion. It was an encounter, and then the emotions, the experience came from it. And so, while I'm sure it does hurt, right, uh, in the celibate call. He does it joyfully, right? And like that fist pump that came out of like nowhere is like in my mind the image that I would want to leave of like this is what it means to do it joyfully. Is like God doesn't want you to just like give 5% to your parish because your parish needs the funds. He wants you to do it joyfully knowing that like you're cooperating with him. Okay, so then... Um, that's like the first dynamic, right? So if you're probably a little more uh, controlling, then remember that um, God wants you to feel like a little bit of like in your, in your pit. You can imagine that Cain's finger if you want. 
And then if you're just like reckless, remember like God doesn't want it to be like a resentful feeling. Like if someone asks you, uh, like if your parish comes to you and asks you like join their capital campaign or whatever, and parts of you are just like, and it comes with that like resent to it, then we can like process through that and actually discern uh, carefully. So stewardship is not reckless, but it's also not uh, up to us. We are stewards and that cooperation that like inviting God to our birthday party, <laughs> inviting him into our budget, which is like a birthday party, uh, is, <laughs> is, is the motto. Okay. So then this is, this is probably one of, my, uh, one of my more passionate thoughts. But I want to focus on, well, I, I want to turn our attention to the, the focus of the talk. And my prayer is that it will yield a fruit. And um, the fruit is that as we discern like, where we're on that spectrum, is that we would reach an objective goal, right? And that objective goal is something to the effect of like uh, Leviticus 27, right? We should be ten, tithing 10%. And so um, I, I don't mean that like, uh, how would I say, like off the cuff, right? I wanted to have thought about it. So um, do we have the... Uh, can we pass those out? See, you don't, you don't give people the details like right as the talk starts. Otherwise, you wouldn't have listened to anything I just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. Uh, I think Lori made it so that it's just one sheet. It would double-sided. It should have four images on it. OK, so what, what I passed out was how I could see our four situations. And can I just grab one of those? Okay, so we want to get to that point where it's like, God loves a cheerful giver. And to get there, I wanted to go through some of this stuff in greater detail. So, like I said, you are in the presence of a very experienced budgeter with, uh, with, with mentorship of now 15 plus however many people are in this room. No. Um, okay, but... Uh, I did find one thing to be a little bit tricky, and that's to say, if there's no monthly income, take that with a grain of salt, what I wrote there, because I, I didn't quite know how to formulate it, but basically, the, the, the first one is like, if you aren't able to make money for, for whatever reason, right, like you're volunteering over the summer, you volunteer, and obviously like your time here at Ohio State is extremely limited, so I, I understand that. And so that first and second budget that says with no employment or with 12 hours a week is meant to be like kind of like a baseline, like I'm not spending almost anything, right? So you have the 675 for household. But other than that, it's very limited. It's like 6%, 7%, 1%, 2%, 5%, 2%. not a ton of uh, expenditures, right? And so that's meant to be like, hey, be limited. A uh, quick note on this. This will be the, the last note on this page. Um, when you make a goal like the first, which is dining, entertainment, adventures, etc., you have to make it more than uh, unreasonable, but less than like flush. Like it needs to be like if I said, "Hey, everyone, two minute break, go." That means nothing. That's like a ten minute break. That's a twenty minute break. It literally has no boundary. It's like whenever you want to come back because it's unreasonable. 
But if I say like eight minute break, you can do one thing, then it like puts boundaries on it. And if you do two things, you might be able to get away with it. But uh, it like keeps order to, to the conversation. It keeps boundaries. And um, yeah, so uh, if, if you're, you're trying to like ball on a budget, just make sure that those uh, categories are reasonable. I would say on this side of things, uh, you're going to go mostly by the dollars, not by the percentages. Right? You're going to go mostly by the actual dollars in, dollars out. You're not going to go as much by the percentages. But then if you go to the flip side, um, <laughs> I wrote monthly budget with a flush job. <laughs> and then I wrote like how I came up with it. It's based on making like 25 an hour for 14 weeks for 40 hours a week during the summer, and then 25 an hour for 35 weeks doing 12 hours a week during the school year. Um, I don't know if there's anyone in that situation, but I wrote it uh, just in case. And um, the majority of the time that we want to spend is on the first year out of college. Um, and so basically, I'm hoping that if you're looking at these spreadsheets, right, if you're looking at these numbers, you're going to actually naturally be closer to giving that 10% tithe because you're going to have a command of the rest of it. So I, I built out these nine categories because they're like what we would call like catch-alls, right? They're broad enough that they'll catch everything. And I really shouldn't do it in front of this bigger group, but I literally dare you, like try and find a single transaction that wouldn't fit in one of these nine categories. And don't talk about it now because that'd be really exposing. But <laughs> I would like to see if, if like there could be a conversation about refining them. But it will catch everything, at least everything that I've been able to catch to date. And then, uh, but it's specific enough, so it's broad enough to catch everything, but specific enough that when you see something, like entertainment, I just go like fun time. You know what I mean? Like when I pay my car registration, I just go auto. When I get like a utility bill, I just move it into household. So hopefully that's like helpful, but I think that's kind of the, the idea behind the, the nine categories, is that they're broad enough that you don't get uh, lost in the weeds, but they're specific enough that you feel oriented when you're doing it. And then my hope is that if you fit everything in these nine categories and you're ruling it by percentages and not by dollar amounts, then you'll be getting somewhere. You'll be able to like start to hit that 10% because let's be honest, if I gave you guys $800 to spend on dining out, fun stuff and adventures, you could definitely do it, right? <laughs> like we all could do it. But like we, we become temperate and we limit ourselves in those areas so that we can uh, keep going uh, and so that we can hit other goals. Okay, um, so then the first year out of college was based on the median salary for an Ohio State graduate that stays in Columbus, Ohio, so <laughs> um, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> uh, okay, but... Um, it was, it was something to the effect of like $37,000 a year. So some of you guys will be making more, some of you will be making less. But the idea is uh, these percentages, right? So 10% tithe, and then uh, like 25-ish to 30% is like the max you want to go with household. Um, one place where I think personally it's like helpful to cut back is the average American spends about 20 to 25% on auto. I think that's like massively unhelpful. To get yourself in like a lot of uh, car debt is, is not necessarily the best idea, but it's also not the worst idea. Reliability is obviously super important. 
Okay, so uh, the, the majority of this last piece here is just on that long-term savings. Um, and what I wanna say is that there's like a lot to save up for and I pray right now that this would be uh, received without anxiety. And I just wanna say, so the, it's called like the big eight. And so the idea is that you have college, car, ring, if you're a dude, wedding, I guess if you're, anyway, wedding, uh, house, healthcare, school, like education, and then retirement, right? And so I wrote down um, some of the numbers that are associated with that, right? So the average uh, Ohioan graduates with 30K in student debt. The average car cost per year is about 10K. Um, if you add up like gas, registration, uh, expenses, like capital expenses, like repairs, the uh, average ring costs $5,500, which is absurd, <laughs> if I may say so. Uh, 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 the average house is $250,000. The average wedding is $27K. Um, uh, the average baby just to have, just for it to like come out of the womb. <laughs> Five grand, can you believe that? They're ripping you off. Okay. <laughs> okay, education. Education, if you, do, if you do grammar school, high school, and 15K a year for college, it's gonna cost you 150K per kid. That means if you have six kids, that's gonna be almost three quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> And then retirement is supposed to be 10%. If you start in your 20s, it's supposed to be 10% for your entire life, for your entire career of your, in, in, anyway, of your entire salary. So just to say, like, with those eight things, it's like uh, what they call the Pareto principle. It's like 80% of the money you spend will come from 20% of the categories. So those eight categories are going to eat up almost everything you spend in life. Um, okay, so again, I pray that that's received without anxiety and... We're going to keep pushing forward. Okay. So you might be wondering, like, how do people do this, right? And I want to, like, set a high bar. So 10% uh, pre-tax is, like, what is asked of us, right, is, like, Leviticus 27. And um, the way we get there is by like being intentional and being a good steward. And I want to tell you a little bit more about uh, the example of uh, uh, an older man from Michigan who is an executive and has like seen promotions throughout the years, right? But what he said with his family is he set a cap. So he said, X amount of dollars, we'll never spend any more than that. Like that's our budget. That's what we need as a family. Right, because he thought about college, car, ring, wedding, house, etc. Right, so he thought about these things thoroughly enough that he felt confident enough to set a cap, and then you just don't live beyond the rest. And so, like when I look at my life when I was 18 and how I spent money then, it's massively different than how I spend money now. I don't want to wake up in 15 years and realize that I spent like almost nothing now. I want to keep my standard of living simple. So that like throughout it, it's not changing. And one good way to do that is to like set those percentages now to a set income and then cap it. And then think about it thoroughly 
but be generous. And that, and that guy, um, his name is John Hughes, which is also my brother's name, but they're not related. Um, what what, what um, John is able to do, right, is he's able to make the money. He doesn't let the money make him, to quote Macklemore. If, did, <laughs> does anybody know who Macklemore is? Yes. Okay. I <laughs> wasn't sure. So, so basically, like, when the promotion comes up, right, they're like, hey, could you be VP of uh, engineering or VP of sales or something like that? He's able to say, like, is that what's best for my family instead of automatically assuming what's best for his family is to make more money? Because that might require more hours that he's not willing to dedicate to a career that he feels like he's being a, a good steward of. And so God wants us to work well. Like, he takes joy in cooperating with us as we work well. But then he also wants us to make the money. He doesn't want the money to make us. He wants us to be cooperators in uh, the work and, and not let the work start to control our life. Okay, so then um, I would say uh, among the tools, the greatest tool is going to be someone to talk about some of this stuff with because the worst thing that can happen is, that you, is, is we let the devil... Uh, put shame into this area of our life. It can be so easy to keep this like a super, super private matter. And it's not something you want to go like touting around to everyone. But it is really helpful to have transparency and to have a mentor who can even walk you through like spiritual principles of when you're like worried about. So like a good chunk of what I get right now comes from commission. And so there's like a lot of questions around that of like, do you spend that because you might not always have that? Or like, and I, I have a mentor who I'm able to process through some of those things with and, and come to steady but also like reasonable conclusions. And so um, I would say that. The other thing that I would make a pitch for is uh, the app that I was talking to you about with my brother. It's called You Need a Budget, YNAB for short. And it's free for a year. And so... Um, what it does is it allows you to set this, right? But then after you set this, it has a way to keep you accountable to it, to track it. And so the tracking will upload your transaction history through a system called PLAID, P-L-A-I-D, and it will like import it for you, and then you categorize it from there. And because the categories are like relatively catch-alled, you can like just go like and zoom through it once a week or something like that. Um, you can also use other apps like Mint or EveryDollar, and then there are also ways to do it just using Excel if that's what you're passionate about. So um, I will say in summary, right, God wants us to be faithful. Like he wants to get us to that point of like uh, of generosity beyond like our, our current scope of mind, right? Um, but he doesn't want us to be reckless. He wants us to be faithful, but he also wants us to be peaceful. He wants us to like tithe always Right, an objective goal, but he wants it to be like applied to your personal life because he wants a cheerful giver. And ultimately, he just wants to know that you thought about him. So thank you guys.